What's happening, sports fans? It's Christian Pedersen with San Diego Prep Insider. Thank you for tuning in. Want to tee up our next interview for you. We're talking to John Labita about everything that's going on from his perspective on the return to play. We had a new announcement from the CIF State yesterday kind of saying they are holding pattern until we hear more direct governance guidelines from the state health board, from the governor. So we talked to Labita. He, like I said, was the former CIF San Diego section assistant commissioner. He has been a head coach in both girls basketball and softball. He has served multiple decades, multiple roles across the San Diego CIF section, helping high school sports out. This man is incredibly up-to-date and connected on all of the different challenges, obstacles, and opportunities that await uh, for schools, for student-athletes, and for everybody in between. So we hope that this conversation is a little bit enlightening, a little bit interesting, and maybe helps put this all in a little bit better perspective for you on just exactly is w- with what is going on for the potential return to San Diego section sports. Thanks for listening. When you, when you talk CIF, CIF can only give guidance because the districts are going to do what they're going to do. So let's just say for, um, you know, sake of a conversation that on December 12th, we get a miracle and we are starting. It doesn't mean that every school district has to start. I mean, it's it simply means that sports are back in and, um, you know, um, as, as in regards to CIF, they're saying, hey, we're, we're allowing you guys to start practice now. But it doesn't mean that if conditions aren't met at the certain school sites, and, you know, um, one thing that doesn't get discussed is, you know, there are union issues with a lot of these things, too. Um, when you're talking about custodial, um, who does the cleanup, um, you know, you can't just say, hey, we're going to clean up every single time because now you're infringing on um, their work. And so there are so many issues, Christian, that that are political, um, unfortunately, but, you know, it, it all <laughs> all evolves around um, what's going to what's when districts and schools are going to be open and uh, when they're going to be able to participate in athletics. And, um, that's, I think that's the scary part is that, you know, I, I was reading about Sweetwater and I thought, well, Sweetwater's no different than San Diego City. Um, you know, Grossmont's got kids participating. So I don't know. I mean, I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I, I have oh, okay, pretty so- good knowledge of what, what's going on throughout uh, the different conferences, except for, um, Southwest. Um, you know, where Joe, uh, um, oh, I can't think of his last name right now, but the conference president from uh, the Calexico schools. So, um, you know, they're pretty much shut down. Um, so let's start. With, I, know, think the, I think the simplest question for me is, does anything happen if we're not at a certain percentage back on camp? Like we're not going to get this all the this school district is all distance learning but they're willing to have their football and field hockey teams back on campus right um well some are some okay. are some are some are currently using the cohort rules with 14 and and you know coaches um some are not um san diego city is not they have not opened up anything to any of their 
teams, what you see from high intensity, from dirty birds, those are all club teams. And San Diego section does not govern those activities. I, I can tell you, I'm always amazed when I look down and go, oh, we have a field and we're ready to compete. And I go, well, you're competing in San Diego? You're not supposed to be. Um, but, you know, who polices that? It's not CIF. Yeah, I think I think that also maybe you can just help people understand CIF does not have the ability to compel this to happen. They are they are not a, a, a they are a governing body, but they are not somebody that can you know you don't you don't have the ability to give marching orders to Otay Ranch High School and say get your football team out there, otherwise you're going to suffer any sort of penalties or anything, right? You, like you guys are at right. it, it is an at will participation, if I have that correct. Right, right. And, and you know, uh, I mean, when you look at a sport like water polo, Christian, um, the schools are at the mercy of the pools. Not every school has pool on campus. So if they are not renting to outside groups currently, um, you know, we don't know if we're going to have water polo. We have um, one or two schools in the North County right now that are still a question mark whether they're going to be able to compete and the other schools are a question mark whether they're going to even be able to host games um the the sites are saying hey we can well we might allow you to practice but right now we're not going to allow you to host games so there are so many variables that um you know that are um are tough to call i mean yeah, I mean, people, every, everybody goes, yeah, well, they compare it to college athletics. Well, look at the money college athletics is pouring into testing every day. And, uh, you know, uh, Nick Saban gets flown on a private jet to get tested. And, you know, I mean, there's so many different variables there that you can't compare high school sports to uh, college athletics because of the money. Okay, well, then let me ask you the money question because I, I have had different people – willing to kind of give me off the record sort of analysis of this, but never really come on and say, Hey, here is what this breaks down to. But does any school really truly have a setup where like in college people are out here saying, if we don't get this football season happening, our whole athletic department is going to be so far in the red that we're going to suffer long-term consequences. Is, are there any high schools in San Diego that you think have anything close to that setup where if they miss a football season, they're not going to be able to fund volleyball in perpetuity? Or, or, like, or is that kind of a misnomer? Yeah, I, I think here's the, here's the questions that arise around budgets is, one, coaches' stipends. Um, you know, if we're not going to have a season, they don't want to start the season and end it and then have to pay – um, coaching stipends um, like they did in the spring, um, you know, falls still a big question mark. So once it starts, though, those coaches need to get paid. Um, and, um, you know, rentals of facilities right now, there's a, a, a multiple number of schools in the San Diego section that rent rec centers, that rent, um, you know, uh, different field space in order to participate because they don't have it on their campus. Um, you know, are they going to be able to compete? Um, you know, we, we've had numerous discussions about, so what does the playoffs look like if, um, San Diego City can't, uh, compete in water polo? Uh, do we readjust the divisions? Do we, I mean, uh, you know, each, um, setback creates a whole other, um, a lot of work to be done. 
in order to figure out what's going to happen. And, and that's the hard part. I feel, I, I feel like you very gently hit a pause right there where you wanted to say like each setback creates a cluster bleep. Um, but, yeah. uh, but, but you navigated out of that. Um, but keep, keep going though. Uh, Cause I, I, you're, you're, you're opening up my mind to a lot of these new problems of, I had not thought about facility rentals. I had not necessarily thought about how, you know, uh, really there are only like a dozen or 20 or 25 schools in San Diego that have pools. Um, uh-huh. You know, I, I, I've been thinking a lot about volleyball lately. Do you think that there is a, you know, cause that's indoors. The, do you think there's a scenario where we see, you know, f- even it coming down to sport by sport, a school is willing to say, okay, we will bring our field hockey and our football back. Cause that gives one guys and one girl's sport, but sorry, nothing else. Or do you think this is going to yeah, be an all uh- or nothing? Well, I think it's going to be, you know, there's been talk about high risk, low risk. And um, the state had a, I believe they had a chart out where these are the high risk sports and these are the low risk sports. So um, tennis, golf, um, you know, um, anything where there's non-physical contact um, or the possibility of non-physical contact um, were considered low risk sports. And those could come back sooner. But then what do you do with the other sports? So now you, now you, you know, people are talking about, well, we need to move everything back. Well, how do you move two volleyball um, teams on top of two basketball teams in the same season? Um, uh, you know, if, if they want to move that back to the spring, um, there are, there are just nightmares for facilities. I mean, it was going to be tough enough. Um, if the spring season went as planned, because now you've got soccer, you've got uh, lacrosse, and you have um, uh, track and field. Well, where do you have practice time? Because when they're going to have games, if they're having two games a week, um, somebody's going to be home, somebody's going to be away. Um, you know, track and field is usually Thursdays. Um, so, uh, you can't have any practices on Thursdays unless you have early in the morning. So, you know, there's, there's, um, that's the kind of stuff that ADs are dealing with right now and planning for, um, that nobody, nobody even thinks about. Nobody thinks, well, God, there's, you know, what are those ADs doing? Well, they're working their butts off because they're thinking of, okay, how am I going to handle this? How, how are my coaches going to get, um, you know, uh, a temperature checks and, and, you know, between you and I, they're thinking, well, my coaches can't even check in their kids sometimes in attendance. How are they going to check these kids for temperatures, record them, and then uh, make sure that we know, um, you know, who they've come in contact with. I mean, it's, well, cause there, you know, cause there's uh, no budget built in for that, right? That would all be schools taking on additional expenses, correct? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And you're, you're talking about, you know, ADs and, and, and ADs vary from school to school. So at some sites, they're teaching four periods. Uh, some, type, some sites, they're teaching no periods. Um, so they can devote an uh, unlimited amount of time to preparing for this. Others, they're teaching uh, four courses or they've got kids at home or they've got, you know, uh, other, other duties and and now they're trying to work around this and they're listening to parents, you know, parents go, Oh, you need to get us back out on the field. Well, um, 
that's not their decision. If it was their decision, they'd be saying, okay, great. Um, you know, here's how we're going to handle it, but it's not their decision. The districts, like you said, liability wise, have to assume um, that they're going to be taking on that, that risk for those student athletes. And, you know, we've already seen what Vista school district opened and then have to shut down. Um, Mission Vista opened and had to shut down. Um, and that wasn't, that was before the winter, um, before we get into colds and flus and uh, everything else that goes on during the normal winter season um, where you lose kids to illness. Um, so I don't know, you know, I, I wish it was just as simple as pointing a finger and go, why aren't you doing this? What people don't understand is everybody behind the scenes is working their butt off, but they don't have a crystal ball that says, this is the date when it's going to become effective. What frustrates you the most about, I mean, you mentioned hearing parents uh, reaching out to ADs saying we need to get kids back online. I know you are a, uh, a phantom on Twitter. Uh, you, you have one and you surprised all of us uh, by actually uh, commenting on some stuff, but <laughs> I'm sure that you see some of the, you know, there's the hashtags going around. There's, there's sensationalism almost at every corner and turn of, well, this person is anti that this person is pro like what frustrates you the most? Like what would be the simplest thing that you'd want to be like, let's cut through the BS here and please hear me on this blank. Well, I think, I think the, the bottom line is there is not one person I know that, that is involved in high school sports that would not love to see their student athletes being back on campus um, you know, at practice and competing. That's the bottom line. I mean, there's nobody that has just turned a, a cold shoulder and said, oh, this is great. This is like being on vacation. Every idea I know and, and administrator and, you know, like I said, conference presidents is exasperated trying to put a plan together because every time there's a plan, the state comes up with a new uh, situation and the plan has to change. So how many times can you draw a plan out and then have to redraw it and redraw it and redraw it? You know, that's the hard part, I think. And that's the frustrating part. I think the ADs are beating their heads against the wall because they're thinking, well, how am I going to get everybody on the field and make everybody feel like they're um, getting a fair shot at practice and for games? You know, uh, nobody's looked at that really. Um, you know, people are, are looking at calendars and, and they're marking through and they're meeting with their coaches and going, hey, uh, this is the only practice time you're going to get. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, you're used to two hours. You're getting an hour and 15 minutes because I got to let the other teams on the field too. Or you need to split the field in half. You're not getting the full field anymore. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, when you think about it, it it's, it's, um, it's a, real challenge and then not only that but um, i don't know if you've seen the um arizona ha has come out with a great in my, in my opinion a great plan for game days and best county worked on that too we came up with what we thought was a solid plan but after comparing what we've looked at to what arizona did um they've covered everything they've covered uh, pre-game meeting um, with the uh, officials, um, you know, no handshakes before or after games. Um, 
and and those are their guidelines that go out to their uh, specific schools that are competing in athletics. I think San Diego has been a little hesitant to do that because they're looking for guidance from not only the state office, but from the state in general, because the state keeps saying, much like they said today, we're coming out with guidelines for for youth sports. Um, okay. Um, but we haven't seen anything yet. So, you know, it's kind of like we're getting to that point where, what, three and a half weeks away from December 12th? Yeah, as of us and, posting this today on uh, November 16th, we are 29 days away. Yeah, and there's still no guidelines for what do you do for game days? What do you do? I mean, um, and and if we're fortunate enough to get there, and I want to be consistent with if my team, uh, I don't have teams anymore, but if my, if I was in charge and my team is going to play a team in the city, I would like it to be uniform where there's no change. When we go there, here's our expectations. You're coming in this door. Um, you're going to disinfect. We're going to, your substitutes have to wear masks on the, on the uh, bench. Uh, you know, everything is spelled out. So there's no, uh, I'm walking in and all of a sudden uh, I'm thrust into something that I don't know. That's what we, I think we need to get to that point also is, um, you know, let's make this uniform. Um, we've got, uh, what, seven conferences, eight conferences. All of them are asking for standards. That's what they want. So um, we can simplify this. Um, and I, I understand the hesitancy from, um, you know, Joe and Todd speaking off the record there, um, that they don't want, they're new, they don't want to um, ruffle the feathers with the state. But um, when it comes down to it, sections have um, can set their own rules as long as they don't, um, you know, uh, violate the state rules. They can't be less restrictive. They have to, they can be more restrictive, but they can't be less restrictive. So I don't know that that's where I would like to see us get to. I think parents would look at that too and go, Oh, there's a plan in place. If we get, if we get back playing, because right now you can't find a plan anywhere. And most of the plans that were drawn up were four months ago. Well, we all know everything's changed. So I think that's one of the things we are working on, Kristen. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've uh, worked yeah, and, with Joe. And, 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 and to jump in there, I'll, I'll say that as of us posting this, CIF's official stance, because you mentioned them coming out with new guidance that's not guidance, that's an update, that's not an update kind of. CIF is still saying, until we hear differently, our framework that we're going with is exactly what we said, albeit four months ago, we have no official mandate or reason to differ from that. So they are in a tough spot. I do want to ask you, you had mentioned, you know, uh, uh, ADs having to have this master schedule, this master plan, if you will. What is a reasonable and what is an unreasonable amount of time to give an athletic director to pivot on something like that? Meaning, can people come out, can CIF come out December 10th and say, okay, here's the real actual exact setup of it all and expect anybody to have anything done in 48 hours? Or do they, do no. ADs need two weeks, a month? Like, like what would you, if you were the AD that I was talking to, what would you say that you would need to get that all done? Uh, well, I would have to have another meeting with my, my coaches, um, you know, and I mean, I, I don't, Again, I don't think there's an AD in San Diego that isn't getting questions from their coaches. And the frustrating part, 
Christian is, you don't have an answer. You know, it's like, I would be very frustrated in our office right now and saying, I'm sorry, I don't have any new answers for you. Um, you know, I get uh, emails currently from ADs in the North County, John, any updates? Because they know I'm, I'm in contact with Joe and Todd and sometimes with the state office. And I go, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's silent. I mean, up until you told me about this, I hadn't even heard about this. But to answer your question, I, I, I would say it's, it would take, um, you know, I'd have to look at the adjustments that were made, and then I'd have to go and look at what's it going to, what does it do to us? Does it shorten our season? Does it lengthen our season? Uh, you know, there's talk of um, if the season, fall season gets shortened or season one gets shortened, that um, that there will not be any state playoffs. Um, and then the question is, do we need CIF playoffs or do we open up CIF playoffs to everybody that wants to be involved? If you don't want to play, you don't need to play. Um, you know, so that's a question. And you know what? It's going to take CIF time. They, they can't pull this together if somebody tells them two days in advance that they need to make adjustments on the master calendar, they're going to need at least three to four days to put that master calendar back together and go, okay, we're switching it over. Here it is. I'll say three to to four days does not sound as bad as I thought. I thought you might say that they need two weeks. Um, That's, that's nice. Uh, I will agree with you also from all of my understandings, both kind of on and off the record with CIF is that the state is willing to jump on that grenade and say, all right, first things first, before we, reschedule anything we'll just push everything two weeks back and we'll we'll nix the state playoffs Uh, just so everybody knows that's kind of where the state's mentality is at right now which is incredibly flexible and i think is hopefully all that we would need is an extra two or three weeks wiggle room here but nobody knows yeah yeah and you you know what you hit on another great point christian um when you talked about finances In many, not everywhere, but in many sections, uh, football does drive the rest of the sports season. Uh, and budget-wise, if there's no gate um, and uh, there's no huge carryover from last year because uh, you can't carry over a lot of money in the ASB funds, um, then who's going to pay for the officials? And our team is going to be able to have football teams going to have 10, 10 games. Um, because it's not cheap to, to, you know, to pay for those officials. And so it's five home games. Um, somebody's got to cover the cost of those. Um, and maybe it's, I don't know what they do, um, but we pose that question too, is the teams need to cut down on the number of games they're going to play because of officials. And uh, nobody knows anything about tournaments now either. Um, are we going to be able to have tournaments? Uh, in Arizona, they're only allowing them one tournament, uh, period, in, in every season. Um, I, I don't know if San Diego would go to that extreme because when you stop and think about it, our, our um, water polo teams play in multiple tournaments. Um, you know, basketball teams play in multiple tournaments. Um, volleyball, I mean, they're all over the board. Um, so, um, but again, Who's going to pay for those tournaments? Um, you know, some schools are going to be able to, to say, hey, yeah, we can go as many as we want. Other schools are going to go, no, we can't. 
we can't afford it. I'll say, uh, I'll so, say the, 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 just along the lines of what you're talking about right now, I have a legitimate concern for a shortage of referees, regardless of whether or not you can pay for them. I see a fair amount of these referees being, you know, somewhat closer to, if not within the realm of at risk individuals or higher risk individuals, or however you want to define risk related to this, this virus. I don't care what your political stance on it is. Somebody who's older is a little bit more at risk. And I see that as being, are we going to have the same contingency? Cause people might not understand this, but football might be fine. But we already in this section in the last three years had field hockey and uh, lacrosse and some of those sports having legitimate issues of we have to play these games on these weird days or these weird times already because we're short staffed. So I'm worried more about that in than necessarily paying for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's a legitimate concern. The other thing is, uh, along with that, is there are many officials that um, <laughs> do basketball and baseball. Um, basketball used to be in a, in a different season. Now it's not. Um, so are they going to pick one and, and not be able to do the other like they used to? Um, you I know, hadn't thought about that. Same thing with soccer and, and lacrosse. Um, you know, they're in the same season now. Are you going to be able to do both? Maybe not. I want to ask you another financial question, if you don't mind. Do you think that no. there is a scenario where, and does this even help, they go varsity only? Does doing something like that cut down on enough the buses, the transport, the logistics of it all that that's a potential solution or, or, or not? Uh, well, I think that is the. I mean, each school district would have to make their own decision on that, Christian, because I, I don't think it would be uniform. Um, you know, and we're talking about uh, a lot of kids here. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, the North County is looking at. Um, you know, freshman soccer. Um, and because of it being moved to season two, we're pushing all their games to Saturday like they do in basketball in the city and in, um, uh, now they'll be doing it in North County. So all their soccer games will be on Saturday. Um, that's going to conflict with club. Um, if we're back in season in the spring and clubs are back playing. So kids are going to have some tough, tough decisions to make. Am I going to play for my high school team or am I going to play for my club? Because currently, um, you can do both now. This would be the first year that a student athlete could play for their club team, practice with their club team, and play for their high school team. Before, you always had to you know, stop. Um, once you committed to play for your high school team, you couldn't play for your club team anymore. This year, because Rule 600 has been waived, um, those student athletes have the ability to do both. Um, and there's some concern about that because will a kid pick to go with his club uh, on a big Saturday game? Um, or will, will he stick with his high school? Um, I, you know, I, I will err on the side of saying that I'm not as worried about that because to me that only affects certain chunks of the high school population that – and this is something that I have always been the lone crazy person running around screaming about. There's a lot more to this than the tip of the iceberg. Yes, we see Mikey Williams at San Ysidro and, you know, the 10 kids that are going to go from Helix to play somewhere. But a vast, like an overwhelming majority of the numbers of high school athletes are cross-country runners and or soccer players, like Division three soccer players and, and stuff like that that I don't, I would hope 
that the club thing would only maybe quote unquote damage the top tiers of comp- of competitive balance or something like that. Well, yeah, it would, it would, um, you know, and, um, but I mean, it's the first time they can do this. So nobody knows how it's. Yeah. My, my biggest concern about anything is my biggest concern about anything is, is transfers and that, you know, if one school district decides not to do it or something like that, there end up being, you know, 500 kids trying to transfer in all directions. (laughs) And, and I, that's not a, there's, there's no question there or anything. That's just me kind of opining that, I, I get worried seeing, you know, school district X says we're just not doing sports for the first season. Sorry, we don't have the money to pay yeah. for all this. That it then just well, this flood of stuff and people are like, whoa, 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 what the hell is going on? Um, yeah, well, as you're probably aware that we had kids leave to play football in Utah. We've had kids leave to play football in Arizona and Utah just shut down, I believe. Um, so what are those kids going to do now? Yeah. I mean, they played, what, four or five games and now their season's over? Yep. Uh, unless they come back, uh, you know, I I don't know. I think I think most schools, Christian, uh, are going to um, if one of the districts or two or several of the districts open up and say we're going to play. I think it's going to be um, tough to say we're not going to field sports this year. I mean, you know, I know the Ivy League did it, um, uh, but. You know, uh, they're college teams, and and again, uh, it does have to do with uh, the mental issues for kids, the um, uh, feeling, the feeling of camaraderie that that sports brings, um, and self satisfaction for com- competition. Um, I think you know, unless there was a really, really valid reason why you could not bring it back, uh, bring your teams back, or bring certain sports back. Um, that I think everybody's going to try. Uh, I, I don't know anybody that that's willing to just shut down and say we're done. We're not playing this year at all. So, so, so to, I'd to, be surprised to, to see a school district do that. So to not to not beleaguer the point because because John, we've taken up a bunch of your time and we really appreciate you helping us uh, sort of shed some light on this. Where where would you put this? If I had to give you kind of like a little bit of a of a meter, and one end of the meter was stay calm this is all going to ultimately when we look back on it, be okay. Or, you know, at the other end, you know, Hey, be willing to accept that this is not going to be a great year and it's going to be stressful and it's going to be confusing. Where do you fall on that spectrum in terms of just your perception of what we are going into in the next 10 months worth of high school sports? (laughs) Well, let me tell you this, Christian, the grandfather and me having a granddaughter who is supposed to be competing this year, um, you know, at, at La Costa, uh, wants to see the season come back. Um, but the uh, other side of me also, the, the, the realist, I want it to be safe for kids. I want it to be uh, a great experience. Uh, I want them to, to really feel what everyone else has felt over the years uh, competing uh, for their school and in CIF sports. So for me, the meter would probably tend to be more towards like a two or three. And I would like to see, you know, people be patient, uh, understand that um, that things are happening behind the scenes, that nobody's nobody's beating their chest and going, hey, look what I'm doing. Uh, I'm ready for this. Um, but we are preparing. And, um, you know, that if we get a go-ahead, uh, we're going to hit the ground running and, and there are going to be pitfalls. 
So there are going to be um, things that we have discussed, like what happens when a team gets COVID and has to forfeit a contest, or is that a forfeit or is it a no contest? To us, it's a no contest. Um, you know, so there are so many different things that um, come into play. But I, 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 I'm, I'm probably at the low end of the, the your meter. Uh, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Uh, I think one question I have out of all of that is: Do you get the sense that if we get started, we're not going to stop? Like that, that there's no scenario. There, not I shouldn't say no, but it's overwhelmingly likely that if CIF slash high school sports get going, that this is not something that we'll get five weeks into and then the plug will get pulled? I think the only way it would get uh, pulled is if the state said no more sports. You know, I mean, right now they haven't given them the okay. Um, Newsom, you know, has not given the okay for us to compete. And, um, you know, they haven't shut down the day camps or the cohort situation right now they're still allowing that to take place um but you know if that got shut down christian then i think people would start realizing that maybe it's not going to happen um and and uh, that would be unfortunate um in a lot of ways um i i think the other thing that people look at is you know people say well why don't we put all sports together and make them six week seasons and that way we get all three seasons in well, I don't that's people that, that no, 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 that's people that don't even entertain that idea. That's people that don't understand how how intertwined all these different sports are. Yeah, and they don't understand that really who suffered last year. It was the kids in the spring. So now we're going to do it again. We're going to say you only get six weeks to play. I mean, I'm sure there are certain uh, certain kids that would say, "Hey, well, this time getting a chance to play." Um, but last year they only got four weeks, I think, uh, maybe two or three weeks of the season in. And then, then they were shut down. So those kids um, don't deserve to have their season shortened, in my opinion. I'm right there um, with you. Yeah. The, the prospects of, of a, like a baseball player having you know three innings pitched in their junior and senior year combined is, is ridiculous. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, so now we're looking at, um, okay, so what sports did get a full season? Well, soccer did, and they've been moved to the spring. Basketball did. They've been moved to the spring. Um, should we, should we, um, you know, look at boys volleyball who's been moved to season one, um, if they don't get to play, should they get a chance to play because they didn't get a chance to play last spring? So, you know, you talk about, um, major headaches, Christian, um, you're, you're looking at, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you make all these things work and try and make it still, um, uh, you know, as beneficial to kids as you possibly can. And that's, that's where I think the people are, are missing it on the, in the pot. You know, there's so many things in the pot that are being stirred around. Uh, you know, people are throwing everything in like it's a, a, a big stew, but there's nothing there that, that you, can, you can serve yet. You can't serve it up because there's no, it, it's not done. And, and to me, um, that's that's the beauty of what we're doing. At least we are attempting to come up with plans. So, okay, uh, this doesn't work. Let's shift gears. We need to we need to move here. Um, you know, and, and there are different plans out there, but nobody knows which ones we're going to be able to go to. And I think once we get a, 
a definite idea, then you're going to see a lot of action take place. But, you know, going back to your question, five weeks, I, I, I don't know either. I, I mean, if the state shuts it down or uh, school district shuts it down because two or three of their schools now have infections or, you know, COVID outbreaks and they're quarantined for 14 days, um, you know, that's a big question. Um, and I don't know if, if, if it'll get all the way through. Certain schools may and uh, may not have any any problems. Um, you know, I haven't heard of Saints or Cathedral having any problems uh, with COVID outbreaks. Um, so they've obviously found a solution there somewhere, um, but uh, they don't have all their athletes competing or, you know, doing anything other than conditioning right now either. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of, I wish you could see the look on my face because I'm kind of reading some of the Instagram comments about the, the press release and it's, it's everything that we've argued or not argued, but it's everything we've discussed in the last half hour that nobody has an answer and everybody needs to stop launching grenades at each other saying, well, you're wrong about this. Well, science, this, well, my beliefs that and just understand that there is such a complicated amount of, of, of machinery working in the background, trying so diligently to make this happen because there is not a single person out there that doesn't want this to happen. There are just a bunch of people no. that are concerned about doing this in a way that is safe and is fair and that the, the, the totality of high school sports is much larger than what a lot of people know and understand and perceive. I think, right, I think right. that and everybody's uh, the one thing that I have to say is that the conferences are working together on this. You know, it's not, North County has one plan. San Diego City has one plan. I mean, they may have plans for their own district and their schools, but in terms of athletics, everyone is kind of pointed in the same direction and wants something specific out there that covers that that broad spectrum of games, of um, you know, cleaning, of um, you know. One thing we didn't even talk about, Kristen, is how many schools have trainers. Um, you know, uh, some school districts uh, value trainers and hire them full time. Others, they only come and work three hours a day. Um, those guys and girls are instrumental in assisting those coaches with getting temperature checks, with keeping track of student athletes. Um, you know, and 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 half the schools don't have them. So, you know. Uh, again, there's a lot of cases where people can say, well, it's the haves and the have-nots. Well, this, in this scenario, I think that would be true because the haves are going to have the abilities to do certain things that the have-nots are not going to be able to do. And some of the have-nots may say, you know what, we can't handle this. We can't field the sport because we can't do it safely. Should they be criticized? I don't think so. I think then a parent group or somebody needs to come up with some plans for them and assist them in getting, um, you know, bring the, the um, safety issues up to par with what everyone else is doing. And, you know, in an ideal world, we, we know that's what, what we would want. We would want everybody to have a trainer. We would want everyone to have the same, um, you know, abilities to clean and sanitize their equipment and make sure that kids aren't, you know, I mean, they're talking about um, in Arizona, they're talking about 
you know, they take a volleyball out, sanitize it, put a new ball in. Well, when have you ever had to do that? So now you either give that to an assistant coach, give it to your trainer, who's in charge of making balls, making sure that balls get sanitized so that kids aren't handling uh, a ball that just went up in the bleachers. Um, oh, no, I, I, I laughed at that with some of the original framework for, for all of this saying, you know, uh, the balls are allowed at practice, but no one can pass. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of like, oh, okay, I this is admirable that everyone's trying to get this going, but a water polo practice where everyone's just, all right, well, you swim over there and fake a shot. You swim over there and fake a pass. Like some of this yeah. is is just, it's. Well, and it's, it's the same in field hockey. You can't do, um, you know, drills. I mean, you're supposed to keep your own ball, um, you know, and how do you do that? I mean, yeah, the, hockey is more about passing and, and defending. So the, the only person that that benefits from out of uh, from all of this is is all of the uh, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony type basketball players who just want to play ISO ball um, and not pass it anyway. Uh, they're they're the only players that benefit from any of this because they're like, see, see, it's not safe if I pass it to you. I'm going to take 46 shots. Talk to you next week. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I throw a little levity into this just because sometimes you got to laugh about some of the situation. Uh, you bring no, up you something do. that, that I, I feel like we have talked about in past years that now makes even more of a pressing argument, but that is some of the trainers who have come on here really clamoring for, we have an underlying situation where some schools do not have certified athletic trainers. Some schools just have people coming in who are their trainers, quote unquote. And now that seems right. like that's going to be a front and center thing is do you have a qualified competent licensed professional who is able to safely and securely run your school's either testing or sanitation or whatever you want to call it protocol. And that to me seems like a whole nother can of worms. Oh, it is. It is. And not, not everybody can afford that Christian. I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, you know, I I forget um, Poway school district has full-time trainers. Um, They're one of the few though. Um, and, they, and that's the North County, you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's a, 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 a weird situation. And, you know, even with these cohort situations that are going on right now, uh, if you don't have a trainer around, um, how do coaches, you know, communicate? I mean, there are – everybody has a plan um, for their own site and what they're doing. And uh, I've been to different school sites for meetings and, you know, had to check in, sanitize my hands, take my temperature, keep my mask on the whole time. Um, you know, just about everything is done Zoom now. Uh, but sometimes you need to meet face-to-face. And um, so um, practicing social distancing and having your mask on, of course, but, I mean, sometimes it, it's just too many people and too many opinions um, that – don't come across as well in the Zoom meeting as they do when you're sitting six feet away from somebody and, and saying, hey, I don't agree with that. Here's why and here's why. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's a scary time, Christian. It really is. Um, you know, in my heart, I want, I want to see kids return. I want them to be able to compete. Um, but I've said all along, I also want it done in a safe manner and if the district's carrying through that then i don't i don't know if kids could be competing and, and i've heard like you have well we go to arizona every week well that's your decision <laughs> who cares 
what you're doing in Arizona. I mean, is it that important? Are you going to win a title for doing that? Uh, yeah, I understand. It keeps kids involved, and I applaud them for that. But are you practicing safe protocols? Are you making sure those kids sanitized? Are they they're playing against other teams? Are they coming back in quarantine? I doubt it. Um, you know. So, well, and I'm the worst. Know. I'm the worst possible person to have a conversation with about that because I have gone into full blown. I mean, I'm I'm still quarantining more or less the same that I was six months ago. Um, uh-huh. I and and I am of the why? What do I really need in this life? Like, yeah, I want to go cover games and whatnot, but no, I'm good on, on all that, and I'll do the zooms and I'll do everything because that's my part that I can contribute to this. Um, yeah. So, so I'm the worst possible person because, you know, my athletic career is behind me and I don't have that lingering sentiment of I got to get a college scholarship or whatever the mindset is that gets these people to go out there. Um, I do think, though, that everyone that's listening right now should understand kind of where you are coming from. As you said that you are thinking of this as a grandfather, you are thinking of this as a former coach, as a former assistant commissioner to the CIF. You are somebody who has probably had at some point in their life, you know, you've stood in almost every set of shoes in this equation. So through all of that, you're still coming out with a pretty reasonable explanation of, hey, this is still an uphill climb to do this properly. So I, I hope people really can soak that in and and really, you know, appreciate what we've talked about for the last 45 minutes in, in terms of all the challenges and maybe take a little bit of time to separate out some of the emotions from the logic of this and know, like I said, a lot of big machinery working and the person right now that you are hearing is kind of giving you a great outline of just how, uh, you know, how many people have put in how many hours behind Zoom calls and or phone calls to to make this happen with zero fanfare, appreciation or applause just because there are a ton of people advocating for this to happen. So don't think that just because your hashtag doesn't get answered by the CIF accounts on Twitter or something like that, that, that they're just sitting there going, we'll just wait till this kind of blows over. No, please understand that the last 40 minutes of our conversation right now is indicative of the last four and a half months of, 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 you know, multiplied times 10 in terms of how many people in our section in our state are working on this. John, I don't want to waste any more of your time, but if you have any final thoughts, we'd love to hear them. No, Christian, I appreciate you, um, you know, hearing me out, you know, and again, uh, I'm not critical of people that are speaking their minds about, you know, their feelings about their children. I, I certainly understand that. Um, but uh, you hit it, hit the nail on the head. I just want people to consider other people's feelings and what they're doing and how hard they are working. They are, they have not given up on uh, student athletes competing. I can tell you that right now. Um, you know, they are trying their best to make sure that they have uh, either the proper equipment or that the uh, sanitation uh, guidelines and everything uh, that goes in that will come into play um, so student athletes get the opportunity to compete again and um, and I think that'll be one of the um, brightest days and most uh, proudest days for the athletic directors to allow those student athletes to put on that uniform and compete again uh, as I said before, there is not one that I know of that has thinks of this as a vacation. Um, they are thinking, you know, what can I do? Why can't I do more? 
um, or what can we do that will help, that will make this uh, better. Um, and, and I've sat through countless meetings, spent a lot of hours just like you on Zoom meetings, and, um, you know, probably more so than I wanted to um, now that I'm retired. But, um, you know, the section is still, and the student-athletes are still really, really important to me and to um, those that I come into contact with. And, you know, and we do appreciate uh, everything that you're doing, um, you know, uh, and, and again, I appreciate you hearing me out because I felt um, like uh, our athletic directors, our, our assistant principals, we're starting to feel like, why, are, why don't people understand how complicated this really is? And if this helps them understand even a tiny bit, then it's all worthwhile. Deal. I appreciate your kind words there. All I do is just sit back and let this kind of unfold. I will, I will, I'll give everybody a small peek behind the curtains. Um, we are more thrilled than ever to be kind of who we are and be decentralized and not be stuck to a TV or a radio show or anything like that because we have the opportunities to wait and wait and wait and wait. And then when we get somebody like yourself who wants to come on and, and opine, we have an open forum that really works well, I think, in, in these kinds of times. Let me close on one note of, of a little bit of levity. And, and I want you to hear this as a joke. This is not being dead serious, but... Um, <laughs> is this golf's moment to take over the realm of high school sports because they can do it easily. They can stream it. Like are, should golfers be excited that they finally get to be the sole focus potentially of high school sports? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, I think it's, uh, well, let's put it this way. I'm playing a lot more golf than I've ever played. Well, um, and, and, so. and that's where I laugh because we, in the last couple of years have had James song from Tory Pines set the literal course record at Admiral Baker. We've had uh, Brooke say from Francis Parker, who's flirting with making it onto the LPGA tour. And like, we've had some really good golfers that I've always kind of joked. Like if we had this many D one commits playing in our football championships, we'd be Texas. Like, like we, yeah. we look at some of these and I'm, I'm just, I laughingly always say, Hey, look, this is golf's moment to shine. Say, we'll stream all of our matches. We'll do all this. You guys can, for the first time ever, have people at golf events. Uh, that is always my my one little like chuckle uh, to help get myself through this instead of being a, a, as doom and gloom as social media can sometimes turn things into. Uh, but, John, yeah, I, yeah. I really appreciate it. So let's close on this. Let's have you back on for some good news next time, okay? Uh, no more having to unload the stress and, and overburdens of all the athletic directors. Let's have you back on next time when we can just celebrate the successful pulling off of a high school sports season. Sound good? That sounds great, Kristen. I appreciate it. 